Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord is only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and send me high upon a rock, and my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At a secret tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. In the Lord of the living, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. Kids, thank you so much for helping lead us in worship today. Let's pray. Gracious God, uh, we thank you that you delight in the praise of your people, young and old. And we thank you that you uh, speak to your people, young and old, and that uh, you have something to say to us on this morning. Uh, Will you please speak to us today as we uh, continue one more Sunday? to think about lament, especially in light of this week and what it means for us as Christians. Please help us, Lord, um, to, to, to know and to grow in our ability to pray these kinds of prayers to you. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Uh, so we've been in this series. If you're a guest with us this morning, welcome. We're really glad that you're here. We've been in the series for the last several weeks where we have been uh, talking about one particular type of prayer that we find in scripture, the types of prayers called the prayer of lament. A third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. So this is a very important form of way in which God's people speak to the Lord and pray to the Lord. And the reason that we've been doing this is because we live in a world where lots of bad things happen. We were reminded of that on Monday, weren't we? Uh, As the news broke out about what happened in Nashville, we're reminded of the fact that we live in a world where injustice and suffering occur. And as Christians, we have been provided by our Heavenly Father, we've been provided by our King, a way to talk to him about these kinds of things, a way to come to him and say, this is not right, this stinks, do something about it. Uh, And so that's what we're going to do today, one last time. Today we're going to do a little bit differently because the kids are with us. Uh, And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through, and each point, if you see that handout that I gave you guys, kids, adults, I think you have a copy of it too. It has the word clap, right? And so the idea here is that part of prayer, you know, the Psalms say clap to the Lord. The the Psalms actually say the trees of the fields will clap their hands. 
and worship to the Lord. And so sometimes when we worship God, we bring the sad stuff. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to call, we're going to lament, we're going to ask, and we are going to praise. That's what we're going to do this morning. So let's start with call. Uh, Psalm 27 begins by saying that God is our stronghold. Depending on the version of the Bible that you have, uh, it may have different things. Uh, So uh, most versions say stronghold. Some say defense. Uh, One says um, fortress. Now, uh, what is a fortress? What is a stronghold? Uh, Kids, how many of you have seen the, uh, the, the, the Prince Caspian movie? All right. I knew, I knew I could count on a few of you. Fantastic. All right. So you remember that scene and the adults, you can, you can too, right? If you've seen the movie or if you're familiar with the story, there is this place in Narnia called Aslan's How uh, in Prince Caspian. And it is a, a kind of a fortress mound mountain. And it's where in, if you follow the storyline in the first book of the series or the first book in the way that the stories uh, was published. Uh, it's where Aslan dies. And so they've made it into this fortress. And so when the evil king is coming in Prince Caspian, they, all of the Narnians gather at Aslan's how, and it's a place of safety. It's a place of refuge. It's where the wounded go. It's where they're hatching their plans about how it is that they're going to uh, fight against King Miraz. Well, That that picture of a fortress is the picture that David wants us to think about as we start looking at the psalm. He's picturing God and he's saying, God, you are my fortress. You're the one who's my protector. So kids, first assignment, right? Under the call, I want you to draw a fortress, right? Think of battlements, think of towers, like draw something that reminds you that God is a protector, that he is a fortress. Adults, If you want to draw, have at it, draw away. Or if you don't want to draw, maybe you're like me and you're like, my drawing skills leave something to be desired. Think about all of the things that we have seen over the last several weeks about who God is. Uh, We've seen again and again, right? God shows us his character. God shows us his actions and, and showing us these things. The Psalms go back and like, God, this is who you are. This is what you've done. This is who you are. This is what you've done. So for example, these are the ones that we've looked at. These are the ones we've seen. Psalm 51, God is gracious and compassionate. Psalm 44, he is faithful. He's been faithful to his people in the past. Psalm 6, God uh, talks about God's unfailing love. Uh, Psalm 22, God's presence is with us as his people. Psalm 7, God is a righteous judge and a mighty warrior. And so you can, you know, if you want to play with this a little bit in your mind, like each of those things that we've been seeing over the last several weeks, like you, you put them all together, right? And what you have is the, is the, 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 the parts of a fortress, right? These are the, this is the brick, the mortar, the wood that makes God a fortress for his people. All right. Uh, so that's the first point you know, we call on God and we're thinking of God here as a fortress. Now, secondly, we see lament. Why do you need a fortress? What? Your protection, right? But, you know, fortresses, like, it's fine. Like, hey, we, let's, you know, we have a fortress there. Like, when do you actually need to use the fortress? When you're under attack, 
right? When, when enemies are coming. And that's exactly what's happening to David here in the Psalm. So verses two and three, listen to what he says. He says, uh, when the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemy and my foe who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Uh, so David is using this image of an attack that's coming against him in order to say, God is my stronghold. And when all of these things are coming at me that are sad, that make me afraid, all of these injustice, we talked about injustice and sin and suffering and catastrophe and illness are the things that we've looked at, right? Um, when those things start happening in our lives, when those things happen in our world, it, it can be really easy to go, what on earth? Um, I was talking to a friend on Friday this week uh, and his, uh, his, his grand, he's, he's the custodian of his grandson and his grandson was home with him because there had been a threat of a, of a shooting in Washington state, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and you hear that and you're like, Lord, how like, this just rattles us. It shakes who we are. It fills us with fear. So kids, what I want you to do is I want you to draw the army that's attacking your fortress. But instead of weapons, because I know that you all want to draw the weapons, instead of weapons, write down what are the things that make you sad? What are the things that make you angry? What are the things that, like, that you're like, this is not right? And that those are the things that are attacking you in your fortress adults, same goes for you, right? You can, again, draw an army if you want, but what are the things, what, are the, what is the suffering, the illness, the injustice, the catastrophe, the sin that this morning you're just like, man, like I'm just feeling this stuff and it's just hard. And these are the things that I want to bring to the Lord because this is, this is not right. In the, the, the lament, in Psalm 27, the lament is broken up in two parts. So the first part of the lament happens um, in, uh, in verses uh, 2 and 3, where he's talking about how he's, he's you know, fighting to have confidence in the Lord in the midst of the attack. The second part of the lament picks up in verse, I think it's 12. Uh, and, and, and so you can imagine, like, I want you to stick with me with this picture, right? So you're in a fortress. The enemy is coming. You hear, you know, uh, depending on what film is registering for you right now in terms of like a siege, right? Uh, you, you know, you hear the war drums, doom, doom, doom. The battering rams hitting against the gate, the war cry of the, of the army that's coming at you. And you're inside your fortress and you're freaking out, right? Because let's face it, like no matter how strong the fortress is, when all of that noise is outside and you're hearing it, there's this part in every film, right? Every film, every story, there's this part of the, of the principal characters that's like, because oh. it's terrifying. In our lives, in those moments where injustice, sin, catastrophe, illness, when these things come at us, it, it totally makes sense for us to, to be afraid and to wonder, will the fortress protect us? Will the fortress hold Will the gates hold? And for David, he's not just talking here hypothetically, like he's using this metaphor to talk about 
God. He's saying, will God protect me? Will God defend me? Will he be my, you're my stronghold, but will you really be my stronghold? How many of us are able to resonate with that? And, and let's face it, like probably some of us, the challenge to our faith, maybe the reason that we haven't been able to fully commit our life to Christ, maybe the thing that's keeping us from following Christ is exactly this, that, that, that you know, the enemy came, the fortress was breached, and you're just like, ah, I trusted you once and you failed me. I don't know that I want to go through that again. And so here you are. Um, there's this part of the Psalm that's really interesting. It's in verse eight where, where David is talking to himself. He says, my heart, my heart tells me, seek the Lord. Your face, Lord, will I seek. Right? Sometimes you actually have to talk to yourself. That's part of what this clap exercise is, right? Part of this is the reason you're like, okay, draw a fortress, draw this, talk about these things is because there's something important about simply writing down and meditating and thinking and talking back to your heart. You know that your heart is talking to you all the time, right? And it, when it's filled with fear, it's going to tempt you away from faith in God. And so we talk to ourselves and we remind ourselves, seek the Lord. He is our stronghold. He is our defender. All right. Now, so we call, we lament, we ask. We're in the third box now. Okay. We ask. Um, Notice verses four and six. This is really interesting. Um, I find this, I found like, as I started thinking, I was like, oh, this is amazing, right? One thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek, that I dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple, house of the Lord. Now, if you look at, if you have your Bible open, uh, or if you have the bulletin open, you see the, the scripture there. If you look at verses four, five, and six, that you six times in three verses, six times, uh, there is a reference to the temple. Uh, in verse four, we have house of the Lord and temple. In verse five, we have dwelling, sacred tent and high rock. So it, it, there are times where the, the, the image of a rock is put in place of the language of temple. And then uh, in verse six, one more time, we have sacred tent. Um, now, is David saying that I'm going to go hide myself in a tent and the tent is my fortress? No, that would be ridiculous. Okay. In this particular moment in history, there was no physical structure of a temple. Uh, it was a tent. Uh, so he's not talking about going into a tent and hiding into a tent and hoping that the canvas, uh, I think that if I remember correctly, the tent was made out of sea cow hides. He's not, he's not expecting manatee skins uh, to protect him. Right? It's a metaphor that he's using about entering into God's presence. Kids, do you know why we do Family Sunday? Do you know why we try, we want you guys in worship with us? It's because uh, you need to know what it is like to be in God's presence. Uh, It's because you need to know, you need to see adults worship God. You need to see your parents worship God. 
Because I don't, like personally for me, you know, the win, what we're, what we're striving for is that when you're in your 30s, you're sitting in church with your kids. That's what I'm playing. That's the game that we're, we're working for as a church. We're not just trying to say here, hey, how can we provide a little, a little game here on a Sunday morning? Not that, that no, there's anything wrong with that. So games are great, right? But, but what Christina and Chad and I are aiming for, what the leadership of this church wants, is for you to have faith in 20, 30 years and that you're passing that faith on to your family, to your children. That's what we want, right? And so, and so the temple, this idea of being in the presence of God is super, super, super important. So kids, I've asked you to show me, to draw me a fortress. And I've asked you to uh, draw the, the army kind of coming in this time. What I'm asking you to do, and adults, I'm asking you to do the same thing. Is I, it's a, I want you to ask the Lord. David is asking the Lord. It's very simple. He's like, God, this army is coming against me. We don't know if it's literal or metaphorical. I'm see, you're my fortress. And so what I'm asking is that you protect me. What do you want the Lord to do for you? He's your stronghold. You've, you've written down, you've drawn something that says, this is the part of light that's sad for me right now. That's making me angry. This is where the pain is. What do you want God to do with it? What are you asking? Ask him to do something. Now, how do you know that God's going to listen to you? So what day is today? It's Palm Sunday. Uh, so if you know the storyline of this week, you know that on Sunday, Jesus enters into the temple, but already the day that Jesus enters into the temple, if you, if you follow the storyline of the, of the gospels, you know that long before Jesus enters into the temple, that there are people who like David talked about are trying to kill Jesus. They're coming after him. And so when Jesus rides on a donkey into Jerusalem on that day, he knows just like David talked about, that there is not an army, but the religious leaders, political leaders have it out for him. They want to kill him because he's causing all kinds of problems. But then on Monday, on the Monday after Palm Sunday, so tomorrow in the storyline of this last week of Jesus's life, Jesus goes where? Does anybody know? You should know this. This is so cool. Goes into the temple, right? Now, you what does he do in the temple? He turns over the tables, right? So this is what we read in Mark 11. On reaching Jerusalem, he entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple. And then he taught them and he said, listen to this, this is super important. He said, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it into a den of robbers. Let me tell you what I think is happening here, right? Um, so David prayed, God, may your tent, your, may your tent, your temple, your sacred dwelling and rock be a refuge for me, right? Uh, what was happening is that because of what the Jewish leaders were doing, the temple wasn't working that way anymore. And so Jesus walks in the temple and he sees this is not what I designed the temple to be about. This is what's happening here is not what I want to have happen here. 
And so therefore he goes around and he starts upsetting the, throwing the tables around, driving people out so that they would not, it would have taken a couple of days to get everything back in order. And it's almost Passover. Okay. So you just imagine like how disruptive that would be. Imagine like it's 4th of July and somebody is like angry and they go in and they blow all the fireworks on July 2nd. Right? And it's 4th of July. What are you going to do without fireworks? That's the kind of like, that's how upsetting and dis, uh, disorienting this would have been for them. Jesus goes into Jerusalem in order to establish a temple reconstruction program. Right? What had he been saying all along? I'm going to destroy this temple and in three days, I'm going to store it back up. And everybody thought you're nuts. This temple took decades to build. There's no way that you're going to physically, one, one person's going to physically destroy this building and then build it up again in three days. Everybody thinks like, okay, Jesus, you're, you're insane. But that's not what he was talking about, right? What was Jesus talking about? He's talking about his death. He's talking about his body being the temple, right? Because what are temples? Temples are the places where we have access to the divine. Okay, are you following me? This is really important. Jesus enters Jerusalem in order to make it possible for you to have access to God, not at some physical building in Jerusalem, but for you to have access to God right now because he died right? His body was the temple that died. It was, it was torn down. And then next Sunday, guess what we get to celebrate? He brought it back up, but that's not even the best part. That's really awesome. But do you know what the, you know what is even better than that? What does the scripture teach us about us? Who are we? We're Christians, yes, but think temple. You think about the language of temple. Who are we? We are the temple. No, you didn't. No, 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 no. That was not. <laughs> Do you get this? Like, this is, this is so incredible. Kids, when you have faith in Christ, David's prayer is answered, right? You have access to God. Because you are the temple. We don't need a building anymore, right? You and I have the presence of the divine maker of heaven and earth dwelling inside of us. That's what's about to happen here, gang. That's what we're about to celebrate. Not some ancient story about a guy that died. Oh, isn't it great? We're about to celebrate the fact that, that the longing that we had, we bring all of our laments to the one who made it possible for us to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am with you in the sadness. Because I'm making you the temple. So whatever it is that you've asked him, you're not just asking him as somebody that's kind of coming in and being like, you know, if it's not too much trouble, uh, it would be really nice if you did X. You come in as a child, a daughter or son. You come in as a priest. You come in as a part of the temple that he has established. 
and you say to your king, to your father, you say, this is what I'm asking. And he will hear your prayer. How he answers, we do not know, but he will hear your prayer. That's what we celebrate this week as we go into Palm, as we move from Palm Sunday into this week. All right, so we call uh, on God. We acknowledge who he is. He is our stronghold. We lament, right? There's this army that's attacking us and it causes fear. It makes us wonder, is God really with us? Right? We ask, we bring to God the things that, that we ask God to do something about the things that are hurting us, the things that make us sad, the things that make us afraid. And of course, in our minds, we're asking this question Well, is he really going to listen to me? Yes. Why? Because you're the temple. Through faith in Christ, you are the temple. You are his people whom he loves. And so then we praise, we give him thanks. How do we give him thanks? Listen to what David says. I remain, verse 13, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, when David said that, what does he mean? I hope I don't die. Right? This army's attacking me. I'm under attack. I'm in my fortress. I hope the fortress holds. I hope the bad guys don't get in. I hope the gates hold up and that I'll be able to be alive, which is great. Nothing wrong with that, right? That's fantastic. Um, when you and I read the psalm, we're not just thinking about, can I live tomorrow, right? Because what is it that Jesus came to do? What happens a week from today? You know this. Come on, guys. What happens a week from today? Resurrection, right? Not a trick question. Resurrection happens a week from today. And you know what resurrection is? Resurrection is the assurance that you will be with God in the land of the living. Not the land of the living in that you're going to live tomorrow, but the land of the living in that you will be with him in the new heavens and the new earth. Right? You will be with him in the place where there will be no more death. You'll be with him in the place where there will be no more sickness. You'll be with him in the place where there is no more injustice, no more catastrophe. Right? You'll be with him in the place where you will not wake up on Monday morning and hear about another school shooting. That's the place where we're going to be, the land of the living. Amen? Right? That's, guys, that's what we're celebrating. So we bring our laments, but as we bring our laments, we bring our laments to the one who has already won. Right? We bring our sadness. He cares, but we praise him because of what it is that he has done. All right? Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you that we get to clap with the trees of the fields, that we get to clap with those who praise you, that we get to bring to you uh, our laments, call on you and let you know what it is that we need and praise you. We thank you, Lord, for this morning uh, where we celebrate what it is that Jesus came to do that Jesus came uh, to die on the cross for our sins, but that he also came in order to establish a new temple and that that temple is us, the church. And so we know for sure that you are with us. Uh, In Jesus' name we pray, amen.